Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We are live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Irving. 1200, Buffalo Wild Wings! <laughs> 1200 Marketplace. And it is also a shout-out Friday. Now, what's going to be really fun about this today is we've had fun at all of our Buffalo Wild Wings experiences, but today at Buffalo Wild Wings, you can enter in because Miller Lite's going to be giving away a pair of tickets to the Cowboys Thanksgiving game. Mm. I've never been to a Cowboys Thanksgiving game. I have. I've been to three yeah. of them. Was it awesome? Uh, yeah. Every single one of them has been uh. fantastic. I've, they all they won every one that I've gone oh, to. Oh, yeah. The only bad thing, Mike, was one day me and my roommate got tickets at the last second, and whenever we got home, our apartment had been ransacked and broken into oh. and lots of stuff I remember stolen. that story. It was very. It was a very sad day. But, but you were kind the of poor then, so what, was, was, the, very what was the most expensive thing Speakers, they they huh. stole cash that those I had. Those are worthless now. I had cash stored in like this secret spot. They found it. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, and then they stole a guitar that they was my you. uncle's. Yeah, I think they did. I do think I, you think I, that. I th- right? Yeah, I think I know who it was too. I just never could prove okay. it. Okay. So, but the I've the Garland a- the Garland Police Department came. It was two forensics girls. And when they walked in, we were like, we're we're so surprised this happened. And they were like, you live in Garland. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so she just threw that out there, Kevin. I went to a well, 2016 <laughs> uh, Dax rookie year uh-huh. Thanksgiving game because I was doing the post-game show for the Cowboys. Can't remember who they played, but they won. Uh, and then the one that I do remember going to, the other one, was in 1998. And that was when Randy Moss had three catches for 300 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> rough day. That was a rough day for us. Well, but the real number was like 157 or something, For three right? catches. <laughs> and like, it was lot. like, I think they were all three touchdowns. Yeah, like no. it, was, it was Randy Moss's rookie year, so I do remember that We could have had him, you know? We could have had we him. We had Greg Ellis. He up, was good. That's behind. the yeah. tough thing about Greg Ellis. He was a solid. He was a good NFL player for, I don't know, over a decade. And you never had a problem it, with the guy. But obviously he's always kind of like, but we didn't get Randy Moss. Yep. That, so. And Randy Moss tore everybody up. Now, we were going to talk about one thing to start out the game, but I think we need to shift it up because the Thursday night football. Give me a little Thursday night football. First down, go play clock at one. They get it off. And into the end zone goes Edwards for the touchdown. All right, so the Ravens end up beating down the Bengals with the Bengals needing to score a late touchdown to make it only a two-touchdown game. Didn't cover. The Ravens, <laughs> the Ravens, eight and three. And I'm pretty sure in all three of their losses, they've lost the lead in the last two minutes. Okay. So they're one of the worst closing teams in the NFL. And yet they still sit at eight and three. Do you want to start with the Ravens or do we need to start with the Bengals? It just matters if you want to go with the team that we know is going to make the playoffs or the team that is now on the brink of missing the playoffs with the second best quarterback in the NFL. Okay, I want to talk about that aspect then because 
Joe Burrow left the game after a touchdown pass. Well, I, you could see the pain in his face after the touchdown pass. He ended up leaving the game, sprained wrist. I know some people thought he was going to be out for the year. That might not be the case, but they're also 5-5 five and five now. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, they were, they were looking kind of clunky against a division opponent even, like, to start the game. Was it three straight drives to start the game? They didn't get anything going, and finally they started getting they something going. Field goal. Yeah. yeah, it was just it was soft stuff, man. And you could tell they missed T. Higgins still too. Like that's been a big factor uh, for for what's been missing there as well because that puts more on Jamar Chase and more and he on didn't Boyd. Do jackass until yeah. late in the game. So so I was just I think Kevin the biggest thing for me was whenever you saw you know he he gets the touchdown. He looks down at his hand and he's in pain. And then when he's on that sideline and he did the the fake the throw, was and that he the just saddest thing? It, it was, man. You could tell. Like I can't even hold the ball tight enough to get it yeah. from shoulder across. That was how bad the pain must was in his hand. And that's whenever we I started thinking, hey, that video is true. What we saw last night is true. So that's a whole different thing. Is like I gotta feel like the NFL is gonna be like, hey. What's the story there? You didn't even have this person on the injury report. Yeah. They will investigate okay. the Bengals if they concealed their injury. And that makes night. sense to me because they put out the video with his with his hand uh, kind of bandaged up a little bit. And then they deleted it. And it was like, well, you should have at least put probable or questionable or whatever. The fact that he went on the injury report at all, that's going to get them in trouble. I know we talked about this leading into the game. And y'all said, and I thought it was fair. Just a loss does not automatically bump the Bengals from the playoffs. But That's now, more than a loss. Yeah. That's more than just a loss. Exactly. And now at 5-5, five and five, Burrow's out for TBD, but it doesn't look great. Do you think they're done? I do because I looked at their schedule the rest of the way. And their next two games are Steelers and then at Jaguars. Yep. And I'm going to assume, it's all assumption, is that Joe Burrow's out at least two weeks. And if that's the case and they're going with – a team that can't really score. I get you still have Jamar Chase. T. Higgins is right. I don't know what's his status for the rest of the year. I think he's hamstring injury, so you He'll know be it's, back. it's one of those right. like it okay. could be go come and go anytime. But I'm assuming they lose their next two games. That assumption puts them at five and seven, needing to win out, and they still have at Steelers, at Chiefs. Their schedule now looks to be too tough to probably get to ten and seven, which. I do think in the AFC, 10 and 7 will get you the last spot. Maybe 9 and 8 will, but I think you start, you know, playing with tiebreakers at 9 and 8. So I think that they are going to miss the playoffs. And look, I'm I'm giving Joe Burrow just two weeks off and he's coming back. And I don't even know if that's realistic with the pain that he was in last night. Corey, you also think that's probably a wrap for them? Um, I, I do think that it's going to be too tough to overcome the rest of this division. Uh, I know, you know, Cleveland is without quarterback, except for they believe in the rookie. Uh, yeah, and then they, Dorian. Like, and don't worry, we always have P.J. Walker just in case. Uh, I think uh, I think Baltimore is too high at the top of this thing to, to, to fall off regular season-wise. Even though there are things I just don't trust about that team, they get it done within a game. Uh, and then – you know, Pittsburgh is weirdly just Mike Tomlin Pittsburgh, and I think he can get over on that. So it's too much to overcome, in my opinion, because yeah. they have a special quarterback that is the biggest factor on the team. And I, I think he's going to deal with this injury all season, whether or not he's there or out. Now, on the flip side, was the win worth the cost 
for the Ravens because I realized this was a huge win for them, but Mark Andrews is done for the season. And, like, that is a huge weapon for Lamar. We have the Roy Williams rule because Roy Williams, he broke T.O.'s leg with the horse collar. Mm -hmm. And Roy Williams was doing that a lot. He's doing it a lot at OU. He was doing it a lot in the NFL. And then they saw, man, this is – this is a tackle that can cause. There's a running back for the Ravens. He did the same thing to them. Yeah, and so I look at that injury, Mark Andrews, and I think that it got a lot of heat on Twitter. I'm sorry I don't know the player who made the tackle there. Wilson, I do believe, because he was also the one that was in on Lamar Jackson's injury. Early but there's the a style of tackle there where you drop your whole body onto the lower legs of a player, and that will get the tackle. Like yeah. you, you, will, you wrap you, around the waist and yeah. then let your body fall onto yes. their feet. And so that is becoming now, I think, the new horse collar that in the offseason they're going to say that's a 15-yard penalty because that is definitely a good way not only to tackle a person but then to injure a person. Yeah. I don't think they were intentionally trying to injure the person. Isn't Just that like, how Pollard got hurt last year too? Yeah. Like the, 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 oh, the yeah. Niners yeah. guy grabs him by the waist and falls yeah, down on his I ankle. Don't, I don't think that uh, Roy Williams was intentionally trying to injure people with that tackle. He just saw it as an efficient way to tackle yep, people. Which I could see. And so I will say, yes, that that now probably with Baltimore, the way that they win, that that's their number one guy. Yes, for that's sure. that's their Travis Kelsey. That's their CD lamb. That's their guy that they have to go to in big situations. And now they've lost him for the rest of the way. So I do think for Baltimore, they're going to make the playoffs. But I do think that is going to be an injury that they cannot overcome to make it to the Super Bowl. To go to directly to your question, though, Kevin, are you suggesting that if they hadn't played, then he would have stayed healthy? Because you said, was the win worth no, the cost? No, I just, I do <laughs> wonder if they're like taking a step back and going, dang it. Hmm, yeah. Mark Andrews is healthy and we lose this game. <laughs> do you make that deal? Like, I, I honestly don't know. I like, you don't want to turn down a win, but that is a devastating blow for a team that looked like they could make a run now. To your point. Now, I know it's a little bit different. The Cowboys aren't way up top, and I know we got to go, but if the Cowboys win. Sunday, but CeeDee Lamb's done for the year. Now, I know this is a different opponent. Ooh. We'd go, we have no chance in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, that's, I think that's the way Baltimore has to look at this, unfortunately. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We're live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Irving, 1200 Marketplace. If you want to come out and see us, plus, it is a shout-out Friday. So, 877-881-1053. Throw your shout-outs in there. You can also hit us up on the Twitch and the YouTube. Coming up next, Mike demanded it. How important are the next five days for the stars? Hello. Let's talk about it next right here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Stars have a two-on-one. 
They bring it in. Sagan. Now Sagan to the front. They score. The Dallas Stars. 42 seconds into the overtime have won it 4 3. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. We're live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Irving, and somebody did just ask, are they opening early for you guys or the normal time? They open early for us. You can come in right now. It is also a shout-out Friday from the 817. Shout-out to Thompson, my cat who passed away on Monday. Thank you, Thompson, for being my friend for 18 years, 11 months, and 26 days. I'm forever grateful. See you on the other side. And then I wanted to shout out for college football fans tomorrow. Will and CA will get it rocking from 10 to 2. And then Georgia against Tennessee. Coverage starts at 2. And then at 6.30, Florida at Missouri. So tons of college football tomorrow. But now we need to talk some hockey. All right. Hockey talk. I did not get to watch them live in Cabo, obviously. But it was really fun when I'd get on the elliptical in the morning. I would go to YouTube and I would type in stars uh, and it would give that kind of 10 minute uh, version of the game, sure. which was great. So when the stars won eight to three, I was actually on the edge, not on the edge of my elliptical. I might have fallen off, but I was watching it going, hey, stop giving up goals early in the game. But then as the highlights kept progressing, I was like, this is awesome. So. The Stars are off to a good start. I'm going to be honest, through the World Series and then through going on vacation, Got a little caught up. I have not been yeah. able to really watch the Stars as closely as I was earlier in the year, but I do know that they're about to have a tough part of their schedule, mm -hmm. which will maybe give you a better understanding on where they stand in kind of power ranking against the top 10 teams in the NHL. They got the Avalanche uh, tomorrow, yep. the Rangers, who are, I think are second place right now, yep. uh, and then the, the Knights, the Golden Knights, we got to square off against on Wednesday, uh, the evening of Peace-a-thon, if you will, uh, and that's the first time I do believe they've seen them in the house since uh, since last year, so that's that approach that we got to, that is a, a tough group to deal with in this next, next three stretch here. All right, and I'm glad you brought that up. But then you get the flames. Because <laughs> so we'll get a break. <laughs> so Colorado, second in the Central, behind the Stars. New York, first in the Metropolitan. Las Vegas, tied for first in the Pacific Division. So you're talking about all teams that are first or second in their – I guess Vegas is not tied anymore. They're outright first place. But the point is those are all first and second place teams. Yes. Here's where the relevancy comes in. Is you're right. The Stars have gotten out to an incredible start. They're 11-3-1. They're 11-1 against any team that's not in first or second place. Against first and second place teams in the other divisions, they're 0-2-1. Now, I realize, like, hey, am I going to be mad about an 11-3-1 and and record? No, not at all. But I think that's why it brings up the question, how important, at least early in the season, do you think this string of three games is? Because you have top-notch after opponent, after opponent, after opponent. It feels important for the Stars. Kevin, looking at the power rankings guru, they have the Stars having played the uh, about a middle-of-the-pack uh, schedule that so feels far right. and then the third easiest schedule remaining for the rest of the season. So, so once we get past <laughs> these three games, yeah. we're good. Uh, we're no, I, don't, I don't know. I, again, I don't think this is a, hey, look, this is going to tell us you know, that we're better than these guys. This is going to change everything for the rest of the league. But it will give you a good idea of what, uh, in my opinion, yeah. what you should be looking for when you're trying to match up in the postseason of what you need to add to your team, what you need to learn about your team and grow with because something – 
for me, Kevin, if as long as this team stays healthy, they're 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 working their way to the cup. I would agree. Like being, that's where I am on this. Being a casual Stars fan, but really trying to follow them a lot this year. They've been a really bad first period team. Now the other Fair. day they got off to a three-two first period lead. Obviously, giving up two is not the best, but scoring it's, three yes. is awesome. I do think I'm I'm wondering this, but I'm also really thinking this. When it comes to playing these top teams, you're probably going to lose if you're down by two goals after the first period. You, it's just they're going to do a good job of making it very difficult to get scoring opportunities if you're down and then you have two periods to play. So for me, I am going to really get back into Stars hockey over this kind of weak period. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Is I want to see – can they play better overall consistently in the first period? Because if you do get down to the Knights or the Canucks or the Avalanche, or, you know, you go through the Rangers in this schedule, you're done. I, it's going to be – you probably give yourself a 15 to 20% chance of winning the game if you're losing after the first period. So that first period is going to be important to me. And I think that could be particularly important in the Vegas and New York Rangers games because Vegas can score a ton of goals. And then New York on the flip side – their defense has been incredible this year. So if you fall behind, let's say 2-0 to the Rangers, right. that feels like a loss. Because I was watching the game, if I have it right, uh, it was earlier in the year, and I was watching them play the Canucks, and I'm like, they're just better, right? Like, just watching that game, I was like, the Stars aren't a bad team. The Stars are a good team, but I'm like, they're just better, right? Now, right now, the Canucks have 25 points to the Stars, 23. So it's very close. And that's one of the teams, the Canucks, the Bruins, and the Golden Knights. Those are the three top-notch yeah. teams, and they're 0-2-1 against Yeah, them. and so that's what I'm – they got off to such a bad start, and then the Canucks just – I think it was 2-0, to zero, I think yes, was the final that of that is correct. score. And it was just like the Canucks never gave the Stars – that opportunity to create any type of momentum. I thought at one point they were, but they still didn't score off of it. And then it went back to like, we're just going to control the puck, control the flow, control the tempo. But I have a feeling that if the stars can get off to a good start, they can, against these good teams, control a little bit more of the flow and tempo of the game and not give so many opportunities to these teams that are very good. I'm just looking at these lines, Kevin. They're and, overwhelming, and looking right? Looking at the at the depth, the first three. I don't want to take anything away from the fourth line with Foxa and Delandria and Craig Smith, but you're looking at your centers across your first three lines, and and hence Johnston and Matt Duchesne. I think that Matt Duchesne has just been phenomenal. He's been sure. awesome. I am probably maybe I'm the, I'm I'm over exaggerating this. No, I don't think you I'm are. Such a big fan of Matt Duchesne and what he's done here, and those first three lines have excellent, like maybe top tier center play. Foxa, 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 Fox is number twelve, right? Yes. Yeah, he's. I've, I've liked him. Holy moly, look at that. Yeah, I, I've, I'm getting to know the team. Obviously, I feel like lately, now this is through highlights because of the World Series and going on vacation, I feel like all of a sudden your youngsters, Johnston and Robertson, are starting to make more of an impact. Robertson are yeah. starting to make more of an impact, and obviously that's number 53 and 21. So, oh, and I don't have it pulled goodness. up. I do have. No, you're. You got have, it. You got it. I do have it. that pulled up. The the standings right now. Well, and it, and and to that point, but, Mike. Whenever it comes playoff time, that level uh, between the two guys, between the the veteran players and the and the young players, if it can be closer together, man, that's yeah. going to make you an even more dynamic team. Keep winning those face off. Face offs are. It seems to be something that the stars are really good at. Yes, too. they consistently have been for a couple of years. From the three to five. Can't wait. I'm going to the Stars game. I'll be there tomorrow. I am pumped. Coming up next, we're live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Irving, 1200 Marketplace. We will talk with Dallas Cowboys owner and GM Jerry Jones, plus more of your shout-outs on a shout-out Friday. All of it next on The Fan.
KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Right now on the line, brought to you by Ford and your North Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. It is the owner and general manager of your Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones. Good morning, sir. Uh, guys, am I on? Yes, yeah, sir. we got you. What's up? Super. Sounded like we had a disconnect coming on, and I uh, would have felt funny continuing to talk to myself and answering myself. Uh, all morning, so this is a break to be able to be heard. <laughs> when is the, because I feel like every human in the world does that, when are you most likely to talk to yourself? Oh, is man. it? Well, I do it all the time during okay. football games. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's uh, answer and statement time, uh, right and left, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't know what to do if I couldn't uh, have conversations with myself in general. So, uh, uh, the, the main thing is that uh, uh, that uh, uh, I would like for everybody to know that I do a lot of laughing at some of that ridiculous stuff I'm reading back to myself. <laughs> now, in terms of fantastic answer, Look, by the way. you can't have fun with yourself. For sure, you know? for sure. In terms of the game against Carolina, I, I was curious your thoughts about this. Do you think the struggles of number one overall pick Bryce Young and the Panthers in general are a good reminder of the perils that can come with a rebuild and a new quarterback? Well, first of all, uh, uh, there's one of the biggest challenges in sport is for uh, uh, a player to come in and initially have his first steps uh, in the NFL playing quarterback. And uh, I'm reminded of Aikman uh, when his, his early years of, of – uh, of, uh, certainly uh, uh, protections sensing where uh, the, the uh, protection needed to come from, just those kinds of things alone. So, uh, uh, you know, unlike so many other sports, uh, you have to have a sense of what's happening around you, and uh, especially at that spot, not only for your protection, but where you're going with the ball in case you're throwing the ball. And then you've really usually gotten quite a responsibility on uh, setting it up before the snap. And then, of course, you're reading after the snap. Now, I don't need to go into all of that. It is, without a doubt, the hardest uh, position that I know of to play and have uh, the normal athletic ability uh, abilities uh, uh, come out that I know of in sport. You know, Jerry, there's been some, you know, fortune. You know, Aikman did have those moments and turned into and developed into a, a Super Bowl champion, a Hall of Famer. You know, Romo uh, had his time learning uh, the, the NFL, and Dak walks right into it and immediately is like, all right. But he fit with the system, and he did very well with it. And I was always been kind of curious your perspective on when you're trying to draft a quarterback or when you're looking at a quarterback, would you rather have a guy that you say he's going to fit any system or do you say we have to build a system around this guy, or he only is going to fit into something like this? How do you how do you manage that part of it? Well, let me say this: I've, if I had done this a lot, twenty times, it would be different. We haven't. I haven't. Uh, I was uh, had the challenge uh, when I came into the league of uh, having Troy Aikman sitting there, and I had the number one pick, and there was Troy Aikman, and Troy Aikman. Uh, would uh, go down as one of the poster ch poster boys of, uh, of working with a quarterback right off the bat. So uh, uh, let's X that one out. One time I was asked to be on a committee to select head coaches, 
and uh, uh, by the commissioner, who's not on the committee, but the chair of the committee, because we'd had such success with uh, Jimmy and Barry Switzer early. And I said, I need to be sitting in the audience because I've run out of teammates and run out of guys <laughs> that I knew so well. And those were my first two selections, and that was pretty much, uh, uh, as it turns out, I knew them to have both have genius IQs and have some of the most outstanding accomplishments in college. But apart from that, I knew them. Well, where I'm going back to Troy was, uh, from that standpoint, and the successes that we enjoyed in those years are a direct result of uh, his excellence and what he was able to do uniquely. Uh, and so where do you go from there? You can go through a series of quarterbacks after that, that let's say that puts you down in the real world and what you're trying to make happen at that position. And so I've always run from the idea of having to uh, draft into, be right if there is such a thing, when you draft it, and then the development and evolving of that quarterback in a time when you're having to make decisions about his supporting cast that are dramatic, uh, significant. Uh, uh, if you've got good players that you've drafted, you usually are drafting good players because you're what? You're, low, you're high in the draft. Mm -hmm. And so you've got good players that you're investing a lot into for the future uh, to go with the evolving and maturation and development of that quarterback. It is a colossal uh, uh, problem. Well, what you need to have is uh, something like a Romo come along. Now, where did that come from? Well, there you had somebody excellent, and you could develop uh, uh, immediately develop offense around him. And it turns out he was exceptional. My biggest disappointment is we didn't get one a Super Bowl while he was here. Then Dak Prescott, and I'm cutting through several personalities in between, came along. That's okay. And uh, I've never seen anybody that uh, could basically take it from explaining it to him what you wanted to do, take it to the practice field and take it to the field like Prescott. Never. And so he has been a unique uh, development quarterback, uh, much less a unique, uh, a prominent quarterback. Now, I was curious, this is not necessarily just about the Bengals, but when we were watching Thursday Night Football last night, obviously Joe Burrow had some problems out there, and there's discussion about how he wasn't on the injury report all week. I'm curious if you can walk us through how serious the NFL takes injury report violations and what goes along with that. I don't know of any they take more serious. Uh, they want uh, pure transparency and in, in, uh, injury or availability. And they want you to err on, err on the side of uh, expose the, uh, uh, any way a player is compromised from the expected level of play. And uh, very serious about it, very, very punitive when you don't do it. They're very serious about it, NFL. They want to know if anybody is off his game when they come into the game physically. Jerry, you've talked about the offense evolving and kind of developing this season and how things have kind of, uh, you know, in the after the bye week, things changed a little bit. You started to see a few different things. And I was just kind of curious if something if that was something McCarthy discussed with you ahead of the season. Like he was giving you a heads up of, you know, early on it's going to be like this, but as we go along we're going to have to add new wrinkles and develop. And were you, are you kind of expecting that growth and development by the end of the year? Well, uh, 
that wasn't uh, uh, discussed uh, similar to that. Okay. Uh, what uh, was discussed is that we have in place a lot of great fundamentals that, uh, of course, that we uh, uh, have had with DAC, uh, you know, over the ensuing years. You don't want to throw all that out with the trash. We want to build off of it. And then he, Mike, has been around this for the last uh, four years, three years. And so we want to take advantage of that. Uh, he knew these players. It wasn't like a new head coach, new uh, offensive coordinator coming in. Right. Uh, he knew them, knew them well, uh, knew the players, uh, and knew the uh, uh, nuances of how and what we were trying to do with the offense. So then, okay, what? What was, all right, now take that and put the mic touch to it, uh, the Super Bowl mic touch to it, uh, the um, things that you think uh, could uh, help it. Not to dismiss that he had influenced it with uh, uh, before. Mm -hmm. So it, he had some mark on this offense, Mike did. And so uh, what you're seeing is uh, uh, a lot adjusting for the way we're, uh, the opposing teams are lining up against us. That's as it should be. That's as it should be. And so um, uh, those kinds of things, uh, uh, imposing your will, imposing your system uh, on, a, uh, on the opposing team week in and week out is uh, not realistic. What is realistic is to make adjustments within the philosophy that you're trying to use your personnel to get to. Mike's doing a great job of that right now, and the adjustments you're seeing are that. Now, sticking with the offense, and specifically the offensive personnel, I'm curious about y'all's bigger picture philosophy when it comes to Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's only on the franchise tag, so does that force you to evaluate Rico Dowdle as the season goes along as a potential number one to determine how everything is going to shuffle once the season's over? Well, Rico has had uh, the last, uh, going on three years now, Rico's had the highest uh, regard with our coaching staff, and I'm sure his teammates as well. Rico's a talented runner, as we're all seeing. Uh, he's had a couple of uh, injuries that set him back, uh, but uh, make no mistake about it, he had the credentials when he got here of a talented runner. And his running style is uh, uh, every bit as unique as any back in the league. And it's, it's different. And uh, it's, it's effective. So, uh, uh, I mean, there's a reason why Rico was the second on the depth chart. There's a reason why, even though he's had some nicks last year, there's a reason why he's hanging of where he is because he has that kind of talent. It's great to see for him and us it come to the front. Now, Pollard is a different story. Uh, Pollard has, as obviously we all know that, uh, he has burst, uh, he has instincts, uh, and uh, he literally has the fear of the defense anytime he gets hold of the ball. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll have days, we'll have some good days ahead of us. This is early in this season and hopefully seasons to come. But uh, I haven't lost anything 
about my thoughts about how Pollard can uh, be the uh, be the factor in us uh, winning some games. And uh, uh, it's obviously got to have the coordination of good line play, good blocking, good design by the coaches, good timing of when uh, we use him. Uh, all of that uh, will play a big part of it. But uh, I'm not seeing uh, of any diminished burst from Pollard at all. And so uh, I think uh, he'll uh, uh, we'll we'll get him his days and uh, it'll come in. But uh, boy, uh, if anything, it's just such a welcome to have that uh, uh, backup uh, strength that we've got there, and that'll take uh, that'll keep us fresh legs in there. I think you essentially just answered my next question because I was going to say I have to admit, watching this team along the way, it does feel like Pollard's burst has diminished thus far this season, but you do not believe that is the case. No, sir. No, sir. It hasn't. His speed is, uh, uh, you know, we can time those guys nowadays with the technology you've got out there. No, he's got burst. He's got acceleration. and hasn't diminished at all. Jerry, you lost uh, Trayvon Diggs early in the season. Leighton Vanderesh, you know, we just heard the news uh, on Tuesday about him, and we got that going. And I'm just kind of looking at this team, and despite despite those types of big-time starter losses, this defense on that side of the ball is still very good. How many teams around the league do you think have the kind of personnel luxury that you guys have where you can just slide in Ron Bland in there and feel comfortable? I'm proud of our depth. Uh, I think that's one of the strengths on this team. And um, uh, I uh, obviously, uh, I think Mike does, is doing a great job of uh, managing uh, our practices, managing uh, the wear and tear on the players. And uh, I think that's one of his uh, big pluses, Mike McCarthy. He is not only aware of it, but he actually plans it that way. And so uh, I think that uh, can pay off for us. Now, don't get me wrong, uh, an injury uh, is maybe totally uh, totally out of our control. Mm-hmm. But uh, you've got to know you're going to have them, and you've got to somehow survive it. And uh, it's a part of getting where you want to be at the end of the season. This is a game of, in a way of attrition. And so you need depth. You can't have it all. And so you've got to have uh, uh, sometimes it happens in the right place, and invariably it seems like it all happens in one spot. Uh, when you get it going, all of a sudden you've got two players that are hurt in a spot rather than just the one. So uh, all of that is there, uh, and uh, uh, I just, uh, uh, as we move forward week to week, push this thing forward, get us down to where uh, uh, we can get there for the playoffs, uh, I like what we're doing with what we've got in terms of we're getting better each week. Do you? Because Mike has had to do a couple of different things too, and he is one of those guys. He has the skill set to do pretty much anything. Do you think asking him to go away from the pass rush and be more linebacker is unfair to him, or do you think he understands that? He just. What's your feeling on that? I uh, uh, was sensitive about him uh, being used as a pressure player when we first drafted him. When we drafted him, uh, I, I, the, the problem was uh, we hadn't seen it that much, especially from the outside. And we hadn't seen him. He didn't play his senior year. And so I said, boy, to put a pick this high on uh, a non-pressure player like a, a linebacker was uh, uh, concerning. 
Of course, I didn't know we were talking about Michael Parsons mm. when we drafted him. And he's uh, uh, shown us all some things that were uh, you didn't have the extent of the appreciation for. Now he's going to damage any place he is. He's going to damage that offense. On the other hand, uh, pressure is where you can damage it the most. And so uh, early I would have been sensitive about the snaps of rushing or coverage. I'm not today. Dan Quinn knows more in his little finger about that uh, ratio or that combination of how to best use that and what he's trying to do out there, setting different things up, than any of us know uh, if we thought about one quarter all day long. So uh, we've got the guy, right guy, driving the car. Yeah, that's a really good point there. And before we let you go, Jerry, uh, I gotta, I'm responsible for the turkey next week. I gotta make sure it's all cooked and everything. And I'm getting my son involved with it this year. So that's that's the responsibility my wife has given me. What was the the main part of Thanksgiving that you were always responsible for? Did you have a certain task growing up, or or even one now? Well, let me say this: Don't mess that up. <laughs> to, to practice it, you've got a lot of people counting on you yep. on cutting that turkey, uh, cutting that turkey up. But all kidding aside, uh, uh, I've always uh, that my memory. Uh, done Thanksgiving, what I call Thanksgiving, is the day after Thanksgiving with the Cowboys. But I've always done that in a hunting wild game scene. And uh, as a matter of fact, we used to all pile up in a a clubhouse. I'd have as many as eight of my kids, nieces, nephews sleeping with me in the same bed for many years, for two or three days. And that was our idea of Thanksgiving and going hunting. Consequently, on the table, you had things that were oriented around game, hunting game. You had wild duck, you had goose, you had uh, venison, uh, had all that kind of stuff. And so today, that carries the day. Uh, That's what I still enjoy. And uh, the other thing is those recipes. My mom got her recipes from my grandmother, uh, and uh, those were uh, oriented toward... uh, uh, the cooking that you might have in the south or the, the rural areas. And it still maintains that and carries through. And uh, that's the most fun part is tasting that and remember Mama's dressing. And outstanding stuff as always. We appreciate you. Looking forward to this weekend's game, Thanksgiving game, and we'll catch you next Friday. Well, it's a lot of fun to be on with you guys in these circumstances. Um, and uh, But I'll tell you what, remember Arizona. So when we yeah. go over here to we go over here to Carolina. Remember Arizona. We got to go over and do business. Absolutely appreciate it. Thanks, sir. guys. There you go, Jerry Jones, right here on 105.3 The Fan, telling Corey that there's a lot of pressure on him not to screw this up. Well, all I got to do is follow what uh, what our good friend Matt Pittman over at Meat Church uh, put on his website. Oh, that's as okay. long as I do that exactly the way he did. I did it last year. It was perfect. So I'm going to be all right. In future years, we need to see if we can get somebody, whether it's Meat Church, Hurtados, or whatever, and get them to commit their Thanksgiving for our donations. And they'll come over and just cook <laughs> your entire, like as soon as the show's that over, they'll like just awesome. come over and cook that and cook great. everything for you. From the 817 <laughs> on a shout-out Friday, this is Self. I know, but I appreciate it. Shout out to 105.3 The Fan for being the best radio station in the world. Mm, You know it from the 469. Shout out to my wife and other teachers who have to deal with bad students and no support from parents. My wife is a teacher, 
and she <laughs> she would tell me stories all the time that I don't understand how people don't know who their kids are because they would always be like, well, that's not my kid. Every time Brandon got in trouble for something, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Mm -hmm. Like, that sounds exactly. Have you guys ever run into a situation where your kid gets in trouble, but you're like, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. That's absolutely what my kid is like. Yes, Carter's the one. Carter's yeah. the one. Avery's pretty good, man. Like, he's, like, last night he wanted to go to a concert, and he didn't end up getting to go, and he's mad. But he, as Bruce Bochy told us, you can only be mad for so long. And at some point he's going to, you know, he'll forgive me for it. But he does a really good job at minding what we ask of him. Carter is the one that's like, He's going to go out of his way to test to push a button as far as he can, and his teachers have let us know. And it's those moments where I'm just like, "Yeah," and now I got to go have a talk with him. Uh, but yeah, man, I absolutely know all my kids differently. If Lucy was to do something like out of pocket, I would yeah. be like, "What is happening here? A whole world." But then I started looking at it, Mike, and I'm like, "She's also the youngest, and don't we always treat the youngest a little differently anyway?" Like, we always treat the youngest. My youngest like is really far apart from the other one. I don't have a good answer for you quite yet. Yeah. They're like, they, the others survived. Just figure it out. <laughs> okay. All right, Larry, I like that. From the 817, shout out Friday. I'm on my way to pick up my Corey Seager autograph card number to 10. Oh, that's man. just come back from PSA Gem Mint. 10 Woo! fantastic from the 903 shout out to the masterpiece we love y'all i'll see y'all monday with christmas gifts wow okay awesome we're gonna be at rj dukes on monday oh yeah that's right so Are you, by the way more than $1,200 worth of wax that he's got for us to open up and give away. Those are cards, not just like... Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I was thinking yeah, that we were, we're going to be we're not chewing doing on it or candle, something. Candles or you whatever. know what? RJ would be there. He's like, $1,200 of candles? Oh, my goodness. He does love candles. He does. From the 469, can I get a shout-out for Terry and Donna Deerman for their 25th wedding anniversary? Absolutely, you can. We'll keep your shout-outs running all day long. Live at Buffalo Wild Wings in Irving. And coming up next... So, Carissa Thompson is just a liar. Mm. Plus, we'll talk with our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola, next right here on 105 Through the Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 